Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. My mom and I then had a store called Tantau, our last name, and we always made sure we had fantastic products from Jill and her mom, and we found them in two booths next to each other um, at a gift show or a craft show. I can't even remember where it was, but we were enchanted from the start, and I love over the years as my business evolved that I got to call Jill a great friend. Here's a few words from Jill before we get started that are a great way to kind of understand her mojo and what she's about. Jill says, I'm a maximalist at heart and I'm so in love with all the little things that I collect. They are my treasures. I cannot help myself from falling in love with all the little bits and bobs of trim and vintage ribbons and sequins, metal stampings and semi-precious stones and tiny glass pieces, rhinestones, vintage buttons and colors, and everything that I use to create my work. Layering them and meshing them all so that these little precious parts shine together and create a balance, a nostalgia, a textural dance that takes on its own personality and style is my thrill. My work exudes a timelessness that straddles both the modern and the vintage world. It's earthy yet blingy. It's classic yet boho. It's mid-century yet antique. It's runway or everyday. One thing's for sure. It takes on a personality of its own and emits a feeling that makes my tribe want it. Why, do you ask? They want it for its style and because it makes them feel special to wear it. It makes them shine And to shine makes them feel beautiful and attractive and stylish. And that, of course, gives them the self-confidence and allows them to express themselves to the world as the unique beings they are. That little necklace or earring or bracelet or pin makes them feel good. With that little piece, they have a whole lot of options. They can change the look or mood of an outfit just by adding it. They can save it for a special occasion when they want to shine wildly, or they can wear it every day so it gives them that little extra sparkle that brightens their faces and becomes part of them. There's something magical that happens when the combination of that person and my piece connect. 
I'm still there, but it takes on something different that is really part of them now. That's just a little window into Jill and what her philosophy is. And over the years, it's been jewelry and it's been beautiful craft and selling events. And it's been frames and albums and belts and just antiques and all sorts of wonderful visions. So sit down and join us for a wonderful conversation. Here is Jill Schwartz. I am so happy to be talking to my dear friend, Jill. How long have we known each other? I am trying. Hi, Margot. I am trying to, I think I, your aunt was that when you, so I've been doing this for 37 years. Okay. So I think Um, I knew who you were before you knew who I was because my mom and I had a store and my aunt. Carol Tantow has a, had an amazing store, has an amazing store. It used to be in one place. Yeah. And then my mom and I had a store as well in the Napa Valley. My aunt's is in LA. So we, I can't remember what show it was, but your mom had her pillow booth and you had your booth set up right next to each other. And I want to say it was, was somewhere in the East, but anyway, and I, I just think remember, it was New York now. I think it was New York now. It might've been, but it was early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you could only get hot dogs and Haagen-Dazs bars in, in the New York. Oh, so. my gosh. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> but True. I just remember loving you both so much. And and we sold both of your work in the store. And I loved because I remembered so much because you were mother daughter doing your things next to each other. And we were mother daughter doing our things. And and you're I just remember it feeling so unique and so just breaking the mold. And then I would, I remember going to shows and, and you would be like a landmark. I was be like, where's elements? What's she doing? Which I have to see what she's doing. And it was just always so it's one of the things I am forever impressed with is how you've stayed unique and how your look has, has just echoed your, you know, your creative principles and just always been delicious. Oh, why, thank you. That means a lot to me. I think that's like the name of the game is how do you stay relevant and still be who you are? And look how long, I mean, you've done that for a a while. And I know it's not been easy all the time. It isn't easy. It is not easy. And I think you have to kind of straddle, you know, a lot of different things. You can't go from A to Z because there's no connection to, (laughs) if you go from A to Z, you're too far away from who you were. So I think that like, I mean, I, I guess everybody knows me as vintage and modern. And, and so I think that always keep Keeping that little vintagey part mm-hmm. and then bringing in whether it's mid-century vintage mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, t- it could be timeless, it could be modern uh, and getting a little classic and a little boho. And I, I think that the vintage has a really long what do you have long legs you know it had yeah I mean it it can go in many different ways and so you can reach a big audience Mm -hmm. you know with if it's just modern you just reach your modern audience right and the cool thing about you can play you know you have so many things that you can change you can change the mood you're in just by you know a lifting a different 
element out of out of your box of goodies that well that's the funniest thing like I was designing you know I've been designing Harrods right now because I always do ornaments for them yeah and you know I you kind of stand back and you look at your process and your process my process is I don't really you know I'm not soldering or gluing I'm I take the parts I love Mm -hmm. and um I start working and I have a theme in my head and um or a color palette or some direction of somebody who I want to appeal to and then I go and then what happens is it kind of starts taking on a life of its own but by putting one piece in you can change an entire mood right and so it's always difficult sometimes deciding like I fall in love with that combination right and then I like have to stand back and I find another piece and I, I have to throw something else in and I'm like oh but I like that so (laughs) if somebody was like behind me in my process there would be 30 pieces in one piece and you know making the choice of where to like have that that's your piece Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it can you know you can come in the next day and what you fell in love with the day before you're like eh I don't really think (laughs) this looks so great right and then you start playing it and it remorphs but yeah, the different pieces are interesting, but that's like why I do what I do. Right. Is I love all those little pieces. I fall in love with that teeny rhinestone right. little bundle there or that that um kind of resin loop that right. that has a mod kind of feel. And I want so it's that's what's so interesting is like all those little things become together this beautiful thing or and that's my passion that's my you're the ultimate curator yeah that's your why I don't want to speak over that at all that's your why (laughs) no you can go you can I love you (laughs) (laughs) well I just feel like I don't know any I've just never seen and that's that's what I love about it is that you can look at something and be like oh my gosh that's Jill Jill did that you know and 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 I'm kind of backing into your history, but you know, I, when you had things at anthropology or, you know, other places that I would just always get this little, you know, prideful, like, Oh my gosh, look what you did now. And, and, but you, you know, you paint with, with bits and pieces that you've cultivated and curated over so many years that I just think, I mean, it's its own giant story, just coming up with these things that you have, you must have just the best stories of digging through things to find the elements that you have. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, that I started by going, I was in Europe. I was 24 years old. I was always obsessed with jewelry. I mean, I always, always wanted to get my ears pierced and my parents wouldn't let me get my ears pierced. My mom used to say, If you were supposed to have holes in your ears, you had been born with holes in your ears. I'm like, yeah, that's a bad argument. But you said you said you used to glue um, glue things on. I did because I wanted to have earrings, and they didn't have. I little kids now have those stickies. Oh yeah, they could stick on their ears, and I did that with a little girl recently. And I said, you know, I used to do this with Elmer's glue (laughs) on my ears. And uh, they would be little pearls, but I would just glue them to my ears. And I, I you know, my parents told me 
that I could not um, get my ears pierced till I was 21. And I was like, three. Yeah. I had to be 21. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I turned out it was 13. I did Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, years of negotiation. negotiating. Yes, there was much. <laughs> and yes. my dad said when I got my ears pierced, my personality changed, <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but so then you like could that, then the world was your oyster. Yeah, I mean I, you know, I I had like I loved my my earrings, my jewelry was like the best thing. I didn't know I went to school for interior design. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and did my dad. Mom is an, was an interior designer, an antique dealer. I, she made pillows. Yeah. Uh, so she did a million things. Um, my dad was like more modern and graphic design. And, you know, well, there I am. Right. <laughs> Smack in the middle. Um, Perfect. You know, so. Um, so you that, went to Europe. So I went to Europe and I, I was going, I traveled for a year and I would go into bead stores and I'd start gathering things and I would make things. I would be on trains and I would be on the beach or, and I would make things and people would say, Oh, I like your jewelry. And I'd go, okay. And I realized that I could stay in Europe for uh, longer if I kept selling. So Ah. I was making jewelry and selling it. Um, not a ton, but enough that, you know, I was, you could stay, I was traveling and staying. I had a URL pass and then I went to Greece and I was living in Greece for four months. And I met this woman and she was making beaded earrings like hippie style, Sure, you know? And I, I was like, I would like to know how to make beaded earrings, but I didn't want to make them hippie style. I wanted to make them my style. style. Yeah. So after I got back from Greece, I think I got off the plane after being away for a year. And I maybe the next day I went to the bead district. Yeah. I was in New York City. Perfect. And I started making beaded jewelry that was, you know, and I don't know if you remember Chapita, but just... By happenstance, uh-huh. she was a little older than my eye and starting her thing. And it was interesting that I like here I was doing these beaded earrings and there that whole beaded thing was starting to happen. Yes. And so anyway, that's um how kind of elements came. I was selling, I was went to graduate school at Pratt for um graphic design for my master's and I was making jewelry and waitressing and then people would buy my jewelry and my mom would was starting to be a therapist and she would go to her meetings and the groups would buy my jewelry and then I think my biggest thing was somebody a store saw my stuff and then I you know that was it but um when and then is, doing trade shows. Yeah. Started. When was your yeah. first trade show? When did you figure that out? And where um, was it? Was my, it New York? It was New York because I lived in New York. So my first trade show was probably the boutique show. And I remember going with my mother. 
um, looking at the show and feeling very intimidated that I like, how could I look at anything like these people? Right. And, um, you know, and we all know me and my boobs. They, <laughs> so, they're the best thing about the show. So, they're my, they're, they might be my favorite. You know, I yeah. love, I love creating environments and I like it to be my own little world. So the cool thing is for an, I don't know. Some of you might have lucked, luck, been lucky enough to be at a wholesale sh- show with one of Jill's booths or somewhere else where you've seen one. But you can look down the aisle and you can tell where it is because there's kind of things coming out. And then the closer you get, what you get is your essence. You get fantastic, some painted wallpaper in the background and some great, you know, table. And it's it's a mix of vintage and totally you and things you'd never expect together. And that's all this amazing jewelry. And you just, it's the best feeling. It's like walking into your favorite room or your favorite place, or it's just, it's magical. You create magic. Thanks. Every time. Yep. That's uh, in pursuit of magic is probably what I like most about, Mm -hmm. you know, like always making it magical for people too. It's magical for me creating it. But it's also, I went, I went to, when I was in Europe, I went to this thing called our, the Red Festival in Amsterdam. Mm. And it was so memorable because it was like just coming upon it. And there was mm. performance art and art and, and the street was like transformed and it will forever be met, etched in my mind of that happening and the excitement and I'd like that's the thing that drives me yeah um is is you know having it be magical like Mm. when something's magical and like out of the ordinary and unexpected oh my gosh like there's nothing better right oh my gosh and when you can create that and create that feeling for other people I mean I really do think that's one of the things about your product is you open it you know I'm lucky enough to have some and I'll, I'll <laughs> open that box and it just, you can't help, but just grin all the way across your face, you know, and just feel like that feeling of, Oh my gosh, I love these so much, you know, all of it. It's, and that's, that's a beautiful thing to be able to pr- provide to people. And I would say that's why um, your business has stayed felt fresh all, all this time, you know? So well, let's, thank you. let's talk a little bit about, um, I would love to dig into like how your business has grown and shifted because you're American made until, you know, some big stores wanted a lot of product and then you have to kind of veer off for a, a time and come back. But what, how, how did that kind of work for you? What was important? And, and let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I think it's fascinating. How did that work for me? Well, um, that's an interesting question. Because uh, you must have started to grow. Like, so you, you know, you did your show, you start realizing that people actually want a lot of what you're making. So you, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to, how to help help probably, you know, way well, back. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it started growing where there were, um, you know, I think at one point I had 33 employees and a production manager and you know things were very very different but 
I, it was probably with anthropology where mm-hmm. all of a sudden they were ordering more than I could do. Right. And I had to do some things overseas. And that seems to be the way a lot of times with big companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, what? And oftentimes I, because I have parts that I'm working with, like, you know, when I do, when I, I can supply things. Mm-hmm. So that part of that is still me, you know, right. part of that is still the vintage. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just did a hand with a old ribbon that was mm-hmm. a plaid ribbon. I mean, they, they don't know how, how to do that. Right. But um, I'm kind of, you know, it was exciting because, you know, I guess I never saw myself as like a crafts person. I always saw myself as a designer and a business yeah, person. I agree. Mm-hmm. And um, in doing that, I feel like, you know, there you if you if you're in demand, then you want to fill that thing. So it it had to become what it was. Right. Like um but what's interesting is I'm feeling differently about that now very mm-hmm. I don't want to be that right right I want to that's a season. I don't want to be that mm-hmm. yeah it's like yeah and I you know I did it also with vintage groove mm-hmm. um when I did this line I guess we were one of the first lines in Michael's and I was licensing mm-hmm and that was a really interesting thing. It was to make your own jewelry. And through working with them, I had to learn. I, you know, I, I saw that we could create something that looked so similar. And I like, I like kind of coming up with leading somebody to make it look that way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to teach them and get it there and to hone it. And the fact that I had quality, I was able to do quality control Big or, deal. and really be part of that. That was like an interesting, it was different than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's like, um, but I'm not feeling that way so much anymore. I kind of just, uh, you know, I feel like, I mean, I'm pretty political and I feel like our country's gone through a lot and I feel like I want to leave it. I want it here, you yeah. know, like I want, but what's interesting is that, um, and you can redirect me if you want, but I'm finding like one of my greatest joys right now is to take something that I have a lot of Mm -hmm. and recreate it and repurpose it and do something that that it wasn't originally meant for Mm -hmm. but turn it into something that's both usable because I have so much stuff right and but but and its personality changes and it becomes used for something different and when I succeed at that, mm-hmm. that just thrills me. Like, That's, I just love that. I love that too, because you're taking something, again, all the bits and pieces that you work with have, have a life of their own, but the way you put it together, I I could never, like, I look at that and I think I would never have thought I, to put those together. But when you, when you're living around it and you go into that studio and you see this, 
you know, piece that, like you said, you might have a bunch of, and what can I, if I turn this upside down and add this thing, you know, then what could it be? And, and there's so much, I mean, we can look at that in so many, that's an excellent metaphor, right? Because if we just stop, we were talking before we press record about silver, silver linings of, of a pandemic, you know, it's, you do come to times in your life where you have to stop and look at something differently. And certainly with your own business, it happens over and over and over, over and over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel and- since you haven't been able to do shows, you're doing more direct to consumer and retail, right? Yeah. That's exciting. That means it, everybody it listening can, can get their hands on it directly. Well, not only is it exciting, but I also like, like I've been, I going back to the element of surprise or like gifting or whatever, like, you know, I it's, we've gotten very small, so it's not, I actually wrap the presents and write the note mm. and say, thank you. And you know, that, um, and also, like, I have all these extra ribbons that, and all these extra mm. flowers and mm. different parts. So I, I probably take more time than I should, but I actually wrap each thing. I love that. And, and that has been, it means the world to me because yeah. it's like giving somebody a present. And, and you are. You know, I mean, it's a piece of you. And the fact that you've gotten back to the place where it's like you're on the beach again and they're saying, I love that. And can I buy it? And you're, you're well, giving nice. it to them. That's pretty great. Yeah, And it's really like, I feel like there's an appreciation like that, you know, the person who wants to make that part of who they are and, or, you know, that's, they're choosing it and it's going to be the thing that they put on to make them feel good. And as I call it, to sparkle or shine yes. and just a little more than they already do. Exactly. Um, and, and there's, there's something really different about selling wholesale. Cause when you're selling wholesale, it's great. You're selling to a, a wonderful shop or, or more than one shop and, and they're picking what they think their customers mm-hmm. are going to want. But when you're selling direct to the customer, you're, they are buying that for themselves. They are investing in that piece to make themselves sparkle and shine, like you said. And that's, that is the coolest. It is cool. Or they're buying it as a present. Sure. As a present, but, but yeah, it's more direct. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I wholeheartedly feel that way. And there are my little stores. Not, I don't mean yeah. little, I know, but, but like those that we care so the much difference about. Between, exactly. Like it Ugh. just moves me yeah. when that person buys, I, you know, such a, whole a compliment. Bunch of stuff. And then they display it beautifully and you're like, oh God, like somebody gets me and like, they're as special to me as the person who. We really are all into this together. I mean, I had, I don't know. When did I start making for wholesale? I was. Oh Oh my gosh. I can't even. 1989, I guess. I mean, I was working in retail. When did you have relish? Relish was. 98 to 03. So we were, um, my business partner, Aaron and I, um, you know, I, I felt like I saw, so I had a store before that, which is where I bought your things. And then I would see all this great 
product being made, but not curated or pulled together in any way. And, and, and through having a retail store, I knew a lot of artists that didn't know how to sell um, their product. So I was like, Hey, we can do this. And we, we launched this wholesale business called relish and we had lines that were Cody it was Foster. Just, it was the most it, Cody Foster. It was the most sun, fun. Excuse me. It was the most fun. It was kind of halcyon days because every show, like yours, the booth would look different. It would, you know, right. it was really cool antique things that a store would then buy, and their store then could look unique. You know, when when Mom and I had our store, Tanta, we we never wanted things that somebody down the street had. We want something that nobody could find anywhere else. So that feels right. that's right. what elements is to me. You know, and that's what we were trying to do. And part of the reasons I have these great relationships like with you is because yes, I had a retail store, but then you set up at a show near somebody and, and you're, you realize you're going, you're going through the same things and you have this like kinship friendship that just defies all <laughs> odds. Nobody else can really understand the, Oh my Oh yeah, no, I remember your, I also remember your, um, coming up to your showroom Mm. in Atlanta Mm. and just like the, at the part, the, there was like an evening because it would only be, I couldn't be there any other time, most of the time. And I just remember like, oh my gosh, it was just like the mutual admiration society. What you had and the way you displayed was amazing. Oh, thank you. I, it was so fun. I, it was wonderful. I I was just um, talking about that to a friend this week because, you know, when you, once you've bought and sold antiques in your life, which, you know, like you can't, you just don't get it out of your system. And there's a store here in Seattle, Kirk Albert, and I'll send you the link. You'll have to look it up. I'll put it on in the stories, but he is a genius at, at display and vignettes and his eye is ridiculous. It's so good. So every once in a while, even during COVID, cause it's very empty, I can go in or press my nose against the window and just be completely inspired. Um, you know, and, and we know all the same people cause there's not, a, Oh yeah. Know, Cause yeah. we all, well, we all do, know, right? It's fine. Yeah. But it's just those things that light us up. It's, it's how to, how to keep a hold of those when you're, when you're in business and you're trying to figure out how to, you know, pay the people you have to pay and how big's the company going to be. It's like, how do you follow that creative heart of yours? How do you, what keeps you going, you know? Well, and I think it changes and I think you have to question yourself. Yeah, all the time. But the inspiration that you're talking about, because everybody has other ways of expressing themselves. And that that's like, so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting, my little, my youngest Cooper, your Cooper and my Cooper. Just he just moved into his apartment and he's an illustrator, like I, I said. And he um and he has such a way with space. So like, you know, he moved Sunday and yesterday he's sending me photos. Oh. And he has like the little it's like my mom and me, but it's his own. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing, is it's his own. So Love it that. has and and it's like you know, he sent it to me and the fact that he has to like set up his apartment, like immediately (laughs) is hilarious (laughs) and put his things on the walls and his dresser, 
you know, oh. and send it to me. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, of course. I just was tickled. Oh, tickled. So I was like, oh my God, Cooper, like you're, you know, like it, you amaze me. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, and that's what's so, and it's inspiring. I mean, it was inspiring because he took a lot of things and just did it different. Yeah. And, you know, had his little piece in it. Isn't and that cool that's, to see? Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. and it's inspiring again, because he has that piece of you, you know, that he's picked up along the way, but yet it's all him. And I think when we can see our work out in the world, you know, and how, like you said about a retail store, how they display it, how Cooper does his apartment, how all of it goes, you know, you've, you've done some really cool um, things for other artists where you've set up talk about your winter show that you did. oh that yeah that might be my Winter favorite and spring. thing yes yeah I think it, it really became a Christmas thing and it was a Chelsea market it was called Jingle yeah um I did it for 12 or 13 years amazing um it was amazing and it actually was like a stage I always would go to trade shows and I not trade shows like craft shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like I said I wanted them to be designed. I wanted there to be an, not, not that craft shows aren't exciting, but, but I it's wanted, white tent I after to, white tent. Right. And yeah. I wanted to create like the red festival, mm-hmm. like I told you about in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. which was, um, you know, like here it is holiday and we are going to make this like thrilling. We're just gonna, it, it is going to be, you, you are going to be tickled to walk in here yes. that you're not, you can't resist magic. And I had magic. I had performance artists that would open and they would do this thing. They always had to have a, it, it originated where I had a dancer and I had gone to this Halloween party where a friend of mine, actually, it was Blue Q's Halloween party. And uh, there was a friend there and he had a long extension cord and he plugged himself. He had lights underneath this white suit. And in order to him be in the party or dance, he was connected (laughs) with these lights. And it was like, okay. So the one thing that my little, all my little performance artists had to do was it it had to be that you were originally you were plugged in and then they created lights that didn't need plugging. Right. But they but it's always cool that you had to be. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, I, they would dance through and oh. you know, it was like creating this magic, like this living ma- magic period, you know, mm. for people. And then they could buy stuff too. Right. And, and to put people in that mood, I mean, that surrounding, even the, even the mailings and the marketing for that was so gorgeous. And, and I would just think, Oh my gosh, it, you just know, whatever you're going to find in there, you're, it would be the best gift ever that you could give, you know, cause it's just, it beautiful. would be. Yeah. So you had, you had different makers that you curated to come that you invited. I to did. Come and, mm-hmm. and sometimes a lot of times it worked, but sometimes I could not get them to understand that this wasn't a retail 
craft show Mm -hmm. that it was and I would write letters about it and nobody (laughs) would understand that it's like you don't need your walls and your you know like you can mesh and work with your neighbor and create this magical place that you'll wander through so but that why it was as close to it as I ever came. I would have cool musicians. It was a blast. I love that you've let yourself, you know, blend out into the world with your ideas and things like that. I just, I just think that's so great. You should, have you ever taught courses? No, I, you know, I taught, um, little kids. So I would Mm. have, well, I probably was, I I figured you didn't because I would have taken one, (laughs) but I don't, you know, okay. I'm not like, Okay, whatever. Um, But I've had little kids, like when my kids were little, every year their class would come in and they it would be for Father's Day because fathers wouldn't usually kids would be out of school by Father's Day. And so we would like adorn tie, we get all these old ties, and they would make picture and I'd have pictures of each of them that they'd cut out to put in frames and they would just like adorn the tie with all my stuff and oh my god their pictures they did paperweights they did we did sunglasses one year oh my god and did a parade and yeah the little kids it was great yeah and we always and the cool thing is that each year it would be another year older. So Mm. I would also give them a little math or teach them a little bit about business. And then we do the project. So that was like, they'd grow with it. I bet they remember that. I think a lot of them do. Yeah. And I hope they do, but it was super fun. It was, you know, so I would maybe, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm getting older. I don't, I, there's no trade shows. I don't, will I ever do another trade show? I don't know. I know, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I miss the the creating the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, but I'll probably have a little store in my studio, like once COVID lifts. And I also, like, I have a part, I also do parts. Like, I, I'm selling my parts right now. That's so smart. Um, I have so much stuff. Yeah. And that's really, you know, like, I I get to go through that stuff and see things I didn't even realize I had. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, it, I know for myself, the things I've collected on the way, along the way, if you feel like it's going to somebody who's going to do something with it, that always feels better, you know? You can sell yeah. those parts to somebody who you know is going to care about where they, what they make them it's into. It's hard to let them go. Oh, I know. It <laughs> is hard to, I get like, I might have a whole big bag and I feel comfortable with the big bag, but when it starts getting low, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to hold on to these. The I know. These. That's why I need a garage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I have so much stuff, but you can't even believe how much stuff I have. Oh, but, but that's, that's what makes yeah. it magic. It really is. So what, what do you think for you, silver linings from COVID from this time for like, you know, a year ago, your business, you know, you had plans to do shows and do what, what we always do every year. So what do you think has shifted for you? I think that things can get really crazy. 
and you're just going on pilot and automatic. And I think one of the hardest things has been balancing business and creativity all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's been, and so I feel like the pandemic has made you reassess, like you have to look at where things are and how you feel and get you what's important to you. And that's probably been, it's a little slower as far as I don't push myself as hard. And I, but I'm realizing like today I, I, I was, I always feel guilty. I'm like, okay, gotta get up, gotta go. And Mm -hmm. I was like, not doing that. And it had snowed. And I'm like, you know what, I want to go out and I want to like, I'm going to ski and I'm going to be late and that it doesn't matter. Right. And I realized that there's so much thinking in uh, being, being in nature that I'm like, reminding myself, like, give yourself that space Mm -hmm. because that space is as important Mm -hmm. as the going crazy because it allows you to think more. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I thought I was new that we were talking and I was like, you know, it made me, I started thinking about that and um, it made me think about me um, and why I do what I do. And I think that's the thing that I got out of it is what's important to me Mm -hmm. in this whole you know, shut down, like make it mean something mm-hmm. instead of being on the rat race. Right. Um, right. So that's been, you know, the thing. And then the other thing, the way it's changing is I'm moving towards re- more retail yeah. um, or, you know, really wanting to do that. And um, so I'm doing, I'm doing an art party on Tuesday. Great. Um, which I've never done. It's a virtual art party with some other designers and you you know that's so that I'm doing and I get to set up a little bit a teeny little space um and then um you know I'm doing this other makers market for makers and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm on fair and so like I'm trying new things that I wouldn't normally I might not try right if you have to be scrappy when you have your own business. And I, I mean, we've talked so many times, Jill and I have had really deep business. What the, what am I doing? Where am I going? How do I do it? Kind of conversations. You were, you were my, uh, <laughs> my person. <laughs> I, you were my like, She's like, can you help me figure this out? I need you. <laughs> yeah. So rewarding to work with, with somebody who, is a visionary and who is willing to roll their sleeves up and turn right and turn left and put the brakes on or go full speed ahead. You know, you're, you do all that. And it's really rewarding just to, I mean, when you're working by yourself in your studio, even I'm not, you know, even with employees, but when you have big decisions to make, I know for me too, I, I need, I need to pass that by somebody, you know, it just helps somebody who gets it. I mean, that's very true because when you work alone, there's a lot of people who are partners, Mm -hmm. but there's so many decisions you have to make and so many, Mm -hmm. you know, ways and you're not sure. And, but I find that, you know, like I have, there's a bunch of women 
who mm-hmm. own businesses that I talk to, yep. you know, on a regular basis, because how is it for you? And what are you doing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, in that community of all of us Golden. is so important. It's so important. It really yeah. is. It's the best. Yeah. You know, I think, and I've said this before, but the people I've met along the way, and I feel like we've gotten close be- because we get it, you know, we get the struggles and the joys and the magic, but to be able to support each other is, it's just the best, you know, because it, it's effortless oh. to support and it's so fulfilling to watch each other grow. Right. You know? Oh, it, it is. It's really like fun to, you know, you also see you're not in it alone with all right. the, there's so many issues and it's really fun to kind of brainstorm with somebody. Yeah. Um, possibility. You it's know, true. possibility is, you know, and then if they take, you know, if they go there developing it and seeing, it's really cool. It's it really, really yeah. Yeah. It's, that it's when inspiring. I grow up is a complete myth because we never do. Huh. <laughs> um, I hope, yeah, I hope so. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I know. I know. Tell me. You know, I love this question. Um, tell me three people who are inspiring you. Okay. Well, my last, uh, should I leave the best for last? Um, Whatever you want. Okay. Well, there's a woman called Athena Caldone, I think her name is. And she is, um, her Instagram is Swoon. And why does she inspire me? She inspires me because I love her, pa- the package that she brings mm. her. She presents a lifestyle that is, um, you know, some cooking and um, she'll go out for a walk and you'll like pick tree buds and put them in vases that she has in her beautiful house Uh. she um she's beautiful her style is beautiful um and I like uh, the other thing that I've liked going back to the pandemic thing is how people reinvent themselves Mm -hmm. and the fact that um the pandemic has put us more online mm-hmm. and that's where you have to go. I find that her whole virtual thing is it's a beautiful experience. And, and that to me is inspiring, mm-hmm. especially in the moment of needing, if there's a model, that's a beautiful model. And, you know, there's all different ways that people are doing it. And I'm so inspired by all of her clothes and everything. It's so great. We need those places we can disappear into those people we can look at to be inspired by because we're not able to, you know, go to our favorite store or, you know, spend tons of time at a show or our favorite antique mall. So to find that is, uh, it's just a great, we need to be fed that way. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if she didn't like, uh, I, she doesn't know me, but I love her stuff. So that's awesome. Um, so that's one. Um, another um, person is Julie Taymor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen many of her plays and her staging and her costumes so good. and her puppetry and her think out of the box 
in a way that's yeah. magical and surprising. Yeah. I, you know, and, and her, th- that it blows me away, her time ability to, yeah, make the puppets move in such a way that, you know, the, um, the wings are flapping and they really feel like wings or, you know, I, I remember in the, um, the play, there was a, um, bright green person and it was so jarring, but, but, but it, you got, it worked and it was out of, you know, the movement and just, I, I like that there's, she has so many parts mm-hmm. that she brings together and creates this through, through the art, through artistry, through so many different disciplines together. Mm. It's, you know, and the other thing that I, which I'm going a little off topic is music's really important to me. Yes. Yes. Like so music so. is so important to me yeah. and being able to bring that piece into that, like, you know, like I love all the different parts and it makes it magic. Yeah. Um. So that's, that is my second. And my third is kind of, when you asked me this question, I was like, ha ha. I love it your answer. Mother, it's mother earth. That's the best. <laughs> and because, and today when I was out there in on the ski slope or ski slope, I was in the woods, mm. <laughs> not in a, but, but what I would think it's, it has a magic, mm-hmm. um, nature no matter it's constantly changing Mm -hmm. if you look intricately at it the textures are unbelievable the flowers and the mushrooms and and the rocks and the moss and you know the snow and the sun and Mm. the light and you know the tree falling down and and um like you know even in the decay there mm-hmm. is beauty so and much. you know it's just like it's the it's the penultimate the really de la creme. i mean yeah <laughs> there's there's like you know when ice freezes and you mm, you're walking the in the woods mm. and just like it's like oh my gosh that's like rings and mm. I, like, how did that happen? Or the crackles? Uh, anyway, so it just, and it changes the, every time, every minute, every yeah. time you look at it, it's slightly different. Like you can have that favorite tree of yours that's fallen down, and next time, the moss is growing differently, or something's taken a piece of it away, or you know, there's frost on it, or whatever. It's magic. Yeah, exactly. So that I would say, Mother Nature is. <laughs> She's got it going on. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect inspiration. Perfect. I have a funny little um, side story. This just made me think of. Do you remember that commercial that said the woman she came out like from behind the big trunk of a tree and she, it was the "It's Not Nice to Fool Mother Nature" ad. Do you remember that? Oh right, yes, yes, so yeah. She, yeah. I ended up repping her potpourri line when I had relish. Oh, She's like, gosh. "Oh, I'm I'm the It's Not Nice to Fool Mother Nature lady." Yes, she was. That is so funny. And it's she made potpourri. It's nice to fool Mother Nature. And she made potpourri. And that's, that's so funny. Trivia. <laughs> that's great. So I have a little thing that I'm hatching. And I'm going to ask you live so that other people can hear about it. But um, 
starting soon, I'm going to offer just a little bit more accessibility to the listeners on my podcast to have accessibility and take a little course from somebody that I interview. So two Saturdays a month, there'll be a two and a half hour class where people can either order things ahead of time from you or use what they have around the house. And then it'll be a Zoom call and you can just talk and teach. Would you be up for that? I would be up for that. That's a really interesting thing. Wow. That's really cool. You know me, Jill. I have to do it my way. <laughs> I have to be different. Yeah, but it's a great, but it, that's such a good, that's such a good thing. I love that. I'm really excited yes. about it because there's so much talent and interest and, and wonderful people sharing things. And I got the idea because I was able to take um, just a little, you know, a couple hour course early in the pandemic. And it just felt like a, just a little getaway. It's not like I was going to do whatever I was taking forevermore, but I just wanted to, I wanted time to get in front of this person, listen to this person who I'd followed on social media. I wanted to hear her point of view, do something nice one morning. It's like going out in the woods, doing something creative. So that's the plan. That's the plan. It's a good plan. That's really good plan. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, I'm glad you'll do it. Um, and you listeners stay tuned that will, I it's coming soon, very soon. Jill, I just wanted to just say, thanks. I always love seeing you. I always love talking to you. I miss, that's one of the things I miss the most is just knowing that I'm going to see some of these people that are just my people. So thanks for being here. I agree. And thanks for having me. I feel so honored. Thank you. Thanks. More to come, more to come. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to, and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.